Hello, and welcome to the Sporting Chance Podcast. I'm Matt Maritea. I'm going to be your host. This is a podcast that's all about talking sports and having a beer or maybe two. So, thank you for stopping by, and without further ado, let's get to it. What do you say? Uh, as always, it is me, Matt Maritea. I am back here again with another edition of the Sporting Chance podcast. Uh, you know, it, it, it's been a, a bit of a crazy ride this last month and more. Uh, as it turns out, somebody went and got themselves COVID. So that was me. That kind of threw me for a loop. And put me maybe a month behind in terms of everything I had to do, uh, you know, with job, you know, with my job at the brewery, with, uh, you know, my job with writing, podcasting, uh, you know, uh, as a coach, there was all sorts of craziness uh, happening. And, you know, thankfully, uh, nobody me or my family was greatly affected uh you know i had uh, headaches uh, a little bit of light sensitivity my uh, joints started acting up everything was getting really it, they felt swollen and, and it was just painful and achy and, and creaky 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 i like creaky better <laughs> and you know i i had to deal with a lot of that you know it really saps your energy and you really have to build it back up, especially because you're just sort of sitting on your ass for a week or two, you know, who knows how long. And you, know, you come out raring to go and then you realize, oh, okay, I'm sort of back down the well here. And you got to climb your way right back up and try and start uh, making yourself feel better. But uh, I'm in the process of that. And, you know, if I had to rank it, probably 95%. So I'm really thankful for that. And thankful to be doing this, you know, to have my voice, to be able to talk. And, you know, it's this is one of the things that just seems like it's going to touch everyone in some way or, you know, put everybody in a chair for a little bit, whether you just get exposed or you get it, you know. Uh, this is just out there now uh, well not now but always but it's it, it seems like it's entering a cycle where you know you either get vaccinated or you get it and if you haven't gotten it you're just amazing you, you've just got you're built different but you know i digress uh, if there's one thing that i'm eager to get back to that really sort of put me off uh, it's my beer drinking, you know, th that has certainly stalled in the wake of all this. And this is Valentine's week. So I've got a little something special. Um, you know, Prince was a great writer uh, of songs about women. And one of the favorites, I think for everybody was raspberry beret. This beer from eight and sand, a brewery I've been to before, talked about before, really like, 
um, it's chocolate, raspberry, beerette, an imperial stout brewed with raspberries. 10% going in the glass. So can crackers, followers along. We've waited anxiously for this moment to return. I know I have. So uh, without further ado, why not get back to cracking cans? So three, two, and one. Ah, that's a nice familiar pop. This one is going in my Zed-themed winter glass, and it, no. It's almost darker than, darker looking at least, than uh, the night tonight. And it's... That is a really classic, good-looking beer, good-looking stout. Uh, you know, not much to say about it other than I'm excited. I don't smell too much raspberry off the jump, but, you know, we'll wait and see. And my smell and taste, I think we're not affected. So, now this is Love Week, sort of, and... Uh, you know, uh, I want to talk about the love of the game in sports and, you know, with some, uh, you know, some things. Uh, I've got a couple different topics here today. Uh, I'm going to briefly touch on the Flyers right now and say that, you know, obviously as long as everyone remains healthy, you know, they've got Voracek, Frost, Braun, Sanheim, Giroux all in COVID protocols right now and they're paused until at least I think the 19th. This lets them get a little rest, get a little healthy, and I think they maybe have a chance to regroup as a team because they were on kind of a fire wagon pace, and it looked like they were either struggling to keep up or just couldn't find their entire aspect as a team You know, in, in this moment in time in this season start. So uh, I think it may be good for them in that sense. You know, obviously, you don't want anybody to have to go into protocols or end up sick. It's just they seemed like they were very, very disjointed from the start. And I think that this is something that may end up uh, helping them a little bit in terms of just recollecting themselves uh, as a squad. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that ends up. That it does have a pleasant raspberry kick to it. Now, when you're talking about love, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that people can say uh, in terms of you know the game and family and sports and things like that. A person who seems to have grown greatly. 
through feeling the love that comes with becoming a father is Joel Embiid. Now, maybe you can credit to that. Maybe he's healthy. You know, the roster is obviously different with the Sixers, but he's in the midst of an MVP campaign. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, gaining that responsibility, you know, in the offseason. And he really just seems to have finally put it all together mentally, physically, even though physically he still may not be at his very best. He's playing at an incredible clip, and he's playing often. He's playing well. He doesn't disappear. Uh, he's good on the defensive end still, right? And, and Tobias is having an all-star campaign around him. You know, Ben Simmons would be worthy of all-star votes, though it doesn't look like they're going to get it. But yeah, the Sixers are still a piece away from being the legitimate title contender. I think in a long series, but. You know, they could win the East with their team as is, and I still think there's moves to be made there. So that's you know another something that is very comforting uh, in terms of the Sixers' performance so far. I know they lost tonight against Portland, sort of just shortly before I hopped onto this, but you know those things are going to happen, and it's you know not that big a deal when they they had a two game lead for first, and they it's going to be hard pressed for them to lose it at this stage in the game, the way it seems uh, that they're playing so far. So really encouraged uh, by that. But sort of uh, zooming through those first two topics, what I really wanted to get to was fan-controlled football. Wait, what? Not the NFL? Not the Super Bowl? You know, Not Tom Brady win another one? No. Because that's fine. It's all ball and dandy. That's been covered to death on ESPN. Carson trade has been covered to death. Trade, no trade. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's all been done. Why would I bother at this point? I don't have any unique insight. I don't have any crazy takes. What I do have now is hands-on experience as a member of an ownership group in fan-controlled football. I bought in to the Glacier Boys. Uh, the team that was initially put up by uh, Richard Sherman, uh, Cuevo of the Migos, and a YouTuber called Destroyer, Destroyer, yeah, something like that. But you know, the whole idea behind the league is fans get on their phones and they vote. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at it right now through an app on my phone. They have desktops. Uh, oh, sorry. Destroying is the uh, other owner, right? Um, you know, they have different power-ups associated with players. You can have a fifth down. It, it looks a little like arena football. It looks a little like the XFL, a little like, you know, things that we've seen, but in a totally unique way in that the fans are going to be able to send in plays. They're going to be voting uh, on these things live as the games happen. Uh, the draft just happened. And the people who were bought in and in controlling uh, of the teams were really able to you know, help select the players, which is to totally, totally unique. 
in terms of anything that's been done with any sports league. And, you know, there's uh, people behind it, there's money behind it, and, you know, they're jumping into this space where you have, you know, esports with playing Madden, you know, playing Fortnite, playing Overwatch, all these things that you could do, League of Legends. You, you can rattle off any number of games. And real sports, you know, football, baseball, basketball, yada, yada, yada. This here is trying to bridge the gap. This is this is the middle ground where they're supposed to be meeting, where you're live, where you're interactive, where you're connecting with people all over the world, you know, or, or, or all over the country who have a vested interest in a team and you guys are building those things together and you know these decisions are happening live. And there's, you know, a, a chat rooms, there's discords, there's all of these things that are happening at once. And, and people are being put on the spot in terms of making decisions. And, you know, it, it, it's very exciting. I sort of got turned on to the concept uh, through talking with uh, Andrew Petit. Uh, who is one of my writers. Uh, you may know him better as XFLPL uh, on Twitter and uh, Vince Quinn, a.k.a. at Vince Quinn, you know, the CBS radio guy, WIP radio guy. You know, he, he's all over the place and he's been working with us. He's a partner in the podcast biz with Last Out, helping on the writing side too now. Uh, you know, They've been really excited about this thing for a couple months and, you know, they've been talking it up. They've been getting involved and, you know, I saw the enthusiasm. I saw the excitement that they had, you know, for this new league and, you know, I couldn't stay away. I had to check it out. So I got on Twitch. I, I signed up. I picked the Glacier Boys because that's sort of what Vince was doing. And I liked having that idea of someone, you know, uh, I knew and was getting to know. And, you know, this is sort of a thing that we have in common now. So, you know, I took part. And, you know, I've been doing the polls and gaining my, my fan points. Uh, you know, got on Twitch. <laughs> and then... You know, all of a sudden, I, you know, I, I'm lining up a queue and putting my vote in for who uh, should be drafted. And, you know, maybe a lot of my decisions, uh, you know, it, it, they didn't come to pass. But, you know, I, I liked a guy like uh, DeAndre Francis. I liked a guy like uh, Trey Dante Hill. Um both of those guys uh, were able to jump in, you know, to the team. And that's really good. DeAndre uh, Francois, you may recognize him. He was a, a Florida State Seminole. Uh, you know, they led them to an Orange Bowl. Uh, you know, got hurt, was a starter. Um, you know, had a domestic dispute, and, you know, uh, some issues there. 
and then transferred to Hampton, you know, played there, and now he's in this fan-controlled football thing. You know, a former ACC Rookie of the Year. And, you know, and you have a guy like uh, Trey Dante Hill. Who, you know, was like a Western New Mexico University guy. He's jumped around to different leagues, you know, XFL, things like that. Tried to catch on in the NFL, been to camps, and... You know, I love that there are these guys who love football so much and it's what they want to do and they've sort of powered their way into doing it. And, you know, they're taking these chances, you know, on this league that nobody really knows about. Um, so I think it's really exciting. It's really something I enjoy now being a part of and participating in. Um, and, you know, you, you root for guys. Like this, like a you know quarterback David Pendel. He's another member of the Glacier Boys. Uh, you know he went to UConn, started a ton of games. Uh, you know had different positions uh, on his team. And you know now he's doing. Fan-controlled football. Now, you know, he's putting it out there. It's like, listen, I, I'm going to be a quarterback in this league, and you know, this is what I'm going to do. And, and part of it is just that there's, you know, a love of the game. Part of it is this is something new and something exciting. And, you know, I, I think another thing is just that this gives you access, gives you a chance. Because I'm kind of a money where your mouth is type person. I, you know, everybody can be Monday morning quarterback and say they should have done this, they should have done that. You know, I want to put my butt on the line and say, hey, this is what I voted for. This is what I wanted to happen in the game. But, uh, you know, it didn't happen. It did happen. You know, I made the wrong call. I made the right call. You know, it, it's, you know, like the first time ever. Now you'll know. Right, and I think that's the really the most intriguing part. Where this goes from a social media standpoint, from you know everything else that they could possibly do, you know how they could grow and evolve through broadcasting these things on Twitch. You know, it's very. I just think there's so much possibility for this. You know, it it could fail. It could go belly up. Uh, it could last a couple of years. It could flourish. At the end of the day, it's all about taking the chance and just doing something different, doing something exciting, and doing something fun. And I think that's sort of the, this love of the game aspect that I've been trying to explore and that I think you know, is, is really important right now. You know, it's something that you can lose, you know, when the whole world seems a little dark and foreboding and there's all sorts of crap going on. This is something to do. This is something to stick with. You know, why not give it a chance? Right. Uh, first game is this weekend. It's going to be super exciting. Um, you know, the teams redraft each week. You know, I I'm looking forward to it. You know, 
I, I hope we're able to get through this first season without incident or being paused by COVID. They're in a bubble uh, out there, and I think it could be fun. You know, worst case scenario, what? I'm not out of mo- I'm not out money at all. I'm not out anything I can't replace in one day. So, you know, what will be will be, and I'm really excited for how it's going to turn out. And there's going to be a lot more content coming out from me uh, in that vein in different areas. So stay tuned for that. should be exciting. Now, my next, my next sort of thing here in this love of the game day here for Valentine's Day is, as always, the cards. And today I just have one card. Uh, that was given to me by my uncle recently. Um, you know, when I expressed that I was getting back into it, and this is something that he's always loved, and, and that I share with it. And it's just there are some things that it's you know it's rare, it's different. You know, sort of like we've been talking about, but it's just it, it's downright fun, and it does harken back to a different time. This is a, a Granny Granny Hamner card, aka. Granville or Will, sorry, Granville Wilbur Hamner. He was a shortstop for the Philadelphia Phillies back in the 50s. Uh, joined the team when he was like 17 years old in the midst of World War II just because, you know, he could. There was nobody else doing it. He was too young to go, so hey, he made him a pro athlete. Uh, right-handed batter, right-handed uh, shortstop, second baseman, middle infielder. You know, uh, led the league in double plays. You know, uh, appeared in 157 games in one season. You know, do everything kind of guy. A decent power shortstop had over 107 uh, home runs in his career. But what's really cool about this card is that it was only available. This was an exclusive for people who were on the All Star team. And in this year, in 1952, he was. And Redman, the tobacco company, made these commemorative cards that they put in their pouches. So you would actually grab it out of the pouch. It would just be there. And then you had an exclusive card. And if you collected enough of these little cut things at the bottom of it, you could send them in and they would give you a free hat branded for any team you want. And I think what's cool about this is it's drawn. There's great artwork. You can see like the, the, the Shibe Park in the back. Or uh, is it Shibe or Connie Mac? Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's Connie Mac Stadium. No, Shibe Park. Yeah, I was right the first time. I don't know. Yeah. And that yeah, uh, these things are just cool to me. And another thing about Hamner, he loved the game and he wanted to stay in it. He tried to turn himself into a knuckleball pitcher at the end of his career. Uh, he was dabbling, you know, with it on the Phillies. Uh, he, and then at the end, he ended up pitching two games for Kansas City. You know, uh, he's in the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. He's in uh, the Phillies Wall of Fame, a three-time All-Star. Granny Hamner, <laughs> that's the card of the week. Super fun. And I really like... These things like that, it's, you know, this is something that may be worth $600, $250, right? This is not, I mean, it does have some value, 
but it's not something I don't think I could ever part with. Like there is some sentimentalness to this. This is something that is never going to be recreated. You're not just going to find these floating around. And if you do, there's no telling what condition they're going to be in. I mean, this is a, you know, 1952. This is almost a 70-year-old car uh, at this point. So I really think it's... Uh, and really something that I'm going to hold on to for a long, long time and, and hope to pass down uh, myself uh, at some point in the future. Now, this beer, as I've been sort of sipping and smelling, this beer uh, is very good. You know, it has those very forward raspberry sort of tartness notes but the chocolate is there and that sort of rounds that out nicely for something that boasts 10 percent abv this is not that heavy alcoholic tasting style of beer you know when you have an imperial stout or something barrel aged, those can get a little boozy this one does not feel that way um it's almost dry in a sense, uh, but I really think that this is a great example of you know things that you can do when you make something really well and you have a good fruit product to go with it. You know, uh, you know it, it's hard to find a problem with this. You know, the head was nice. You know, it, it's not overly tart, not overly sweet or chocolatey. You know, the notes tend to balance e each other out. Yeah, and it's like, you know, you could say it like a Prince song in a sense where it's, I don't know, it, it has the funk, it has the rock, it has the pop elements to it. And they've all blended themselves together in one fantastic little purple package. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, in terms of rating, I've got to give this a... Probably a 4.25. I don't know if I want just a little more chocolate or maybe... That extra added third note, maybe like a little something like uh, vanilla or, you know, something a little bit creamy like that, like a chocolate raspberry with like a little dash of whipped cream. And I think some vanilla would go really well with that. But, you know, I don't make it. I don't know what they intended. All I know is it's executed and I enjoy it a lot. So, yeah, that's it for me today. You can find me at mmaritea22 on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, Untapped, Medium, everything. I need to make a link tree. Um, Sport Chance Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, last Out Media for everything I do writing-wise. Um, follow St. Joe's Prep Hockey. Uh, we're hoping to be back on the ice soon. You know, we're paused there. Um, it'll just be good to everybody. Uh, enjoy yourselves responsibly, um, collect cards, open packs, <laughs> uh, you know, have a good
good time doing whatever you do and make sure you appreciate it. Uh, you know, and you know, that's it. You know, be good to your loved ones, especially this weekend. Uh, everybody deserves chocolates, candies, hugs, if you can give them. So have a happy Valentine's day. Uh, have a great week. Talk to you soon. Thank you for stopping by.